We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ballbrocked. Tommy Gaster. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome in, everybody, to Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, back with us after a couple of days off, a little under the weather. Good to have Tommy back. Max Power in for Jad, producing for us the rest of the week here. Uh, what a week it is. We get exciting college football news. We'll get to that in just a minute. We get K-State basketball to react to, uh, as well as look ahead to the Big 12 championship. We'll do that with Tim Fitzgerald, our K-State insider, at the top of hour number two. Uh, we'll get some of our best bets of the week with our betting insider, Chelsea Messenger. That's coming up a little later in this hour. A lot to make our way through today. Tommy, welcome back, man. Hey, it's good to be back. Uh, you know, the, the flu is no joke. Um, it, it, it knocked me on my butt for a couple of days, but uh, good to be back and uh, ready to get into it today. Well, you're back, and it's a good time to be back because there's a lot going on. Last night, we get the news that... Uh, and we were just, I was just complaining about this yesterday, how much fun it would be if we already had CFP expansion, how ridiculous it is that we don't already have CFP expansion, how silly it is that we still play these playoffs the way that we do. And we get the news last night, I believe Pete Thamel of ESPN had it first, uh, so we're going to get the 12-team playoff, Tommy, and we're going to get it a little earlier than we thought. Starting in 2024, uh, that's when that's going to come, and it came because the Rose Bowl finally uh, took off the blinders and realized, man, we could all make a whole bunch of money if we just do the why, – why not do 12 here? Uh, basically, the Rose Bowl, who wanted the New Year's Day game, had been holding this up. Uh, there were some contractual agreements. I think it had to be universal uh, to make the change. The Rose Bowl had been the holdout. And apparently they have now agreed to let that go. So we'll get our playoff, not next year, but the year after. Uh, we should have had it 20 years ago. But I guess later is better than never, Tommy. Finally, we get a college football playoff that makes any sort of sense. And we'll be able to do something with this sport that will elevate it to levels I think that we haven't seen before. Make no mistake about it, expansion is a good thing. And we've talked about that uh, at length here on this show. Uh, the, the good things that come around when you start to expand the playoffs. Um, I am going to be kind of a Debbie Downer, though, a little bit. I've thought about this a lot. 
um, especially last night once the news came out. Started looking at it, really thinking about it, really diving into it. And I think I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. You and I might not be totally on the same page with this. I'm not sure that 12 teams is the right number. I'm okay with expansion. I don't mind expansion. I think it's a good thing to get more teams in there. I think four is too few, but I actually think 12 is too many. I would have been an advocate for eight teams in in the expansion in the playoff. Um, You know, I feel like when you really get into 12, uh, you're kind of watering, you're you're mudding the waters a little bit. Um, And so I'm not a huge fan of that. I feel like if you can get a playoff system where you're rewarding the conference champions and then maybe a couple of at-larges, that would have been perfect for me. I think 12 is too many, but I'm also not going to sit here and complain about expansion in general. I'm glad that we got it. Yeah, so I disagree with you for sure on that. I would have been okay with eight. Eight would have been certainly better. My my main point of contention is that our conference champions don't get in, and that doesn't make any sense because – each conference plays such different schedules. There's no way other than arbitrary humans sitting in a room and saying, yeah, maybe I, I kind of think this team's better than this team. Like it's, it's ridiculous that we do this. So any number that got five conference champions in would be good with me for now. Um, I don't think, Tommy, we have ever expanded a playoff in any sport and regretted it. Think about the number of teams in playoffs across all of sports, right? The NCAA basketball tournament has the most in its format. And I remember people, you know, pretending to be, because nobody really gets that angry about playoff expansion, but pretending to be angry that we went to, what, 68 teams? It's been at 64 for a long time. But has that really impacted anybody? No. And and sometimes the play-in teams make a little run and it's a nice story, but it's not that big a deal. Football, we have this notion that only a handful of football teams are good every year. And while I think that there are clear teams that are better year to year, I think that that's changing. I think we've seen that this year. I think NIL is going to open things up. And what college football has never done, and this has always bothered me, is allow for a team that's playing its best football late in the season to have a chance to be the best team. The bet you almost in college football, and it's the only place this is this way, you have to be the best team all the way through, right? You you can't be the best team in in December, but have lost a couple of games early and get the chance to show that. So that's why I think I, I think 16 would be fine. Look at the CFP rankings this year. And I'm not saying 16. I would want to go to 16 right now because I don't think I would. I think 12 is just right. Uh, but if you went out to 16 this year, you would include LSU and Oregon in that playoff. And Oregon State, to be fair to the Beavers. I'm not totally convinced. And quite frankly, if you only had eight, Tommy, you wouldn't have Kansas State this year. I think Kansas State, LSU, Oregon, I think every one of those teams is capable in a one-game scenario of beating any of the teams in the top four right now. So I, I don't I don't think it's this situation where, oh, there's only really like four good teams. I, I don't think that's the case anymore. I think NIL is changing that. I think the inherent advantages Alabama's had for so long is coming down to earth, and this is why Nick Saban uh, – 
you know, got so upset about NIL stuff is because his advantage was taken away from him. I do think the playing field is evening out. I do think with the total inequitable schedules that are played across the board, which is, that's unavoidable. I I, I am fine allowing for a team that gets hot late that maybe got off to a slower start, just making sure that team isn't the best team in the country that happened to stumble out of the blocks. I want to know who the best team of the country is, period. Here's why I don't like 12 teams, because I feel like it makes the conference championships absolutely worthless. Look at the game this weekend, TCU and Kansas State. If you're if, if you're TCU right now, you're setting at 11-0, and you are you know, potentially going to be entering into a 12-team a tournament to, to win the national championship— why in the world would you want to play in a Big 12 championship game? All that can do is hurt you. If you're TCU right now, right. you might all need that to can take do, that away. Sure. All that can do is hurt you. Now, right now, because it's a four team, TCU probably needs to have that game this weekend to solidify their place into the top four to play for a national championship. So the conference championship game this weekend is significantly more important. So if you're going to go to 12, you've got to, I guess, get rid of the, the conference championship games and just crown whoever the regular season champion is in the yeah, SEC. And, and the that's Big hard, 12, too, because all of that. you're going to have tiebreakers involved in that. And I don't like that necessarily Well, that's either. why you've got a couple at-larges then at that point. You know, if you're going to have 12 teams, like, you know, you've got tiebreakers, I guess, to pick that, you know, to pick those teams Well, no, I just mean even in the Big 12. Like, let's say if you didn't play a conference championship game and you had three teams with one loss, right, or two losses or whatever it might be, that, that does get a little bit gray without a conference championship game. And we have this issue, by the way, in college basketball too. There are times where in in a, you know, in a non-Power 5 conference where a, a team pulls an upset, yet there's still a very – we've seen it with Wichita State. How many times did they get upset in the Valley Tournament and then you're, you're biting your fingernails because you know the Shockers should be a tournament team, but they didn't win the conference tournament? I mean, that you're going to have – a little bit of that if you eliminate conference champ or if you have conference championship games but if you don't have conference championship games now you're into tiebreakers for that spot to get in i don't think either of those things is avoidable one way or the other you're going to get it one way or the other so the the why, other reason why i would i mean why would you if you're going back to my original question like i would understand in the big 12 championship why Kansas State would absolutely want to play in that game if they're right. going to in a, in a twelve team scenario because they're building their resume to get in you know one of those twelve slots TCU would have no motivation to play for a Big Twelve championship it's it's the same way in basketball you want to tell me that KU basketball gives a crap about the Big Twelve conference tournament they don't they don't yes, at all they do they, no they don't they care I've about been, the regular I've season. been in that locker room no, for big they don't care about that. they want they, to raise that banner yes they uh, do they care not, a lot about not, that I tournament. mean come on at, the, at that point they've got more to lose than they do to gain they're 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 battling for a one seed in the in March Madness so the the conference tournament doesn't matter nearly as much as the it regular doesn't matter season as much, does. but they care about it they do care so about I, it I know all you're doing when, when you're expanding the playoff all you're doing is delegitimizing a, a conference championship game in any of the conferences. So I think you, you might, have to get rid of that if you, you want to. You might have to. And that's that's something Tim Fitzgerald threw out yesterday. And I don't totally I don't disagree with that, by the way. I'd rather have the playoff than the conference championships, even though I'm jacked up for the conference championship game this weekend for K State. 
But Tommy, you said K State would have K State would be in if we didn't have conference yeah. championship games. K State would be in. So no, they wouldn't want to play because if they lose, sure. both obviously this year. Let's let's take this year as the example. Both TCU and K State have everything to lose and nothing to gain by playing in a conference championship game, right? Neither one of them will gain a thing. In if the twelve team playoff existed this year, neither of them would have a. Th- thing to gain by playing in that other than not getting jumped because somebody else plays a conference championship game so that it whatever happens with that probably needs to happen universally you either all have conference championship games or nobody has conference championship games i think that is probably how you fix it um but it is going to and again, these are unavoidable things no matter what you do. If you had eight teams, you'd have the same thing happening. If you only had eight teams, TCU would be screwed by playing in a conference championship game. I mean, it wouldn't be any different, right? Did Not they- necessarily, because if you're taking the winners of the conference championship games in an 18 in an eight-team setup, then you're guaranteed five teams from the Power Five conferences, one or two of the group of five, and then a couple of at-larges, and then you have to win your conference championship game to get in. If you don't, then there's one or two at-large bids available, and it goes from there. So that I think that makes it a little bit more equitable in that case, and it does make the conference turn or the conference championship games a little bit more important. But doesn't the same thing exist now? You're going to take your five conference champions, and you're going to have seven at-large bids instead of three. Yeah, but do you really need the third best SEC team? Yeah, probably the, for I mean, sure. Do you really, you yeah, really need to see the third if they're the best, best team. If they only have two losses, yeah, I would want to make sure that's not the best team. I mean, that might be Tennessee this year. I mean, year. does anybody really want to see Tulane in a, a playoff to win a national championship? I Absolutely, mean, I want to nah, see Tulane. That's the reason you go to twelve. It's like saying you didn't want to nah. see Cincinnati or UCF. The whole reason you get there is to give those teams an opportunity to give Boise State a chance to beat Oklahoma nah. and that game this be a isn't playoff basketball. game. This isn't a Cinderella basketball, you know, couple of hour fun thing. To, I mean, it's it's a you 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 have a game once a week with sixty some kids on your on your roster. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, and I'm telling you right now, you really think that uh, that Georgia, you really think Kirby Smart has a whole lot of interest in playing in a tournament where there's you know a chance that Tulane could upset him. That's that's and take Kirby away Smart's problem. If I, Kirby Smart's scared of Tulane, then that's his problem. Do you not? not do you hate the wild late. card? Do you hate not, the wild card round in the NFL? Why do we no, let the I six seeds but in? The, but I think there's a there's a point to be made that you know the top teams are going to get a buy at least. They the don't top have teams to are going to get a buy in, in this format. The top yeah. teams are getting a buy in a twelve team. The top four get a buy in a twelve team. I think here's what I think's happening, and this is my issue with it. I think you're you're putting college football on this pedestal that doesn't exist for any other sport that we watch. We love upsets. Why would you not want to see Tulane have the chance to go in and upset number one? It's one of the greatest things in sports. I, I understand what you're saying. I get your point on that. My my only point is that all you're doing here. By expanding it to 12, like I don't get me wrong. I think expansion is a good thing. I've said that from the beginning. I think it's good to get away from four teams and expand it more. I just think you you either have to go all the way. Like, look at March Madness. I've got no issue with 68 teams. I would have no issue with 96 teams or 144 teams. I would have no issue with that because you're allowing 
a ton of teams in and there are a ton of of opportunities for upsets and fun things like that i feel like you're you're trying to get both things here if you go to 12 you're trying to keep it semi-tight but also letting in a couple of stragglers I'm just, I'm not on board with 12. I think eight was perfect. I think it's a way to get a few more teams that are genuinely deserving of competing for a national championship into the hunt by virtue of winning their conference championship or maybe an at-large, a couple of at-larges, without just opening up the floodgates and letting everybody in. So what you're saying is this year you don't think K-State deserved a chance to play for a natty. I'm saying that if they were able to go in in an eight-team setup and upset TCU on a neutral field, they absolutely would deserve to get into a playoff to compete for a national championship. I don't know if that happens if they'll even jump to eight. It depends on what everybody else does. It's there are, But they would many... win their conference championship, and they would get an automatic bid. You're asking for both. You're sounding a little bit like expansion would water down the regular season guy. That's that's a little bit what you sound like right now. There's there's no way you can tell me and guarantee me, and this has been let me let me get to the very foundation again. I want to know who the best team in college football is at the end of the season, not at the beginning of the season, not at the middle of the season. We don't give Super Bowls away in October. I want to know who the best team at the very end of the season is. And in order to do that, you have to have room for teams to stumble early, get better, and win late. That's what the playoffs are. So getting more deserving teams the opportunity to do that is the right thing to do. We're talking about the difference right now in adding Clemson, Kansas State, Utah, and Washington to the playoff. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I think each of those teams have had good enough seasons to afford the opportunity to get in there and mix it up with anybody else just to make sure they're not the best team. Maybe you did stumble early. Maybe something happened. Maybe you had an injury early, a la K-State. Maybe both your quarterbacks went down in your game against TCU, and had that not happened, you'd be in the mix. for a... So, those things happen. I just want to know who the best team is. And we can't, we don't have a good baseline because everybody plays different schedules. We have a better baseline in college basketball than we do in college football because they play a whole lot more games, right? There's more opportunity for common opponents, things like that. In college football, when you only get 10 or 12 games and there's, what, 200 teams across the country, like you can't compare team to team other than just arbitrarily saying but there's I think also that teams better than that team you can't compare because it's apples and oranges the margin of error is so small in college football because your sample size is so much smaller in college basketball right. you can lose a couple games early and wash it off your record real quick and bounce back and you know get a great seat into the tournament and then you're you're good to go that's not the way it works in college football we cannot have a model that is the exact same way as college basketball. It will not work. Your argument about the I'm teams that 12, are from— I'm saying 12, not 68. I'm, 12. But what I'm saying is that if you can make an argument for Clemson, LSU, Utah, and Kansas State, you think you can make an argument for Florida State, Oregon, Oregon State, and UCLA? Sure. Then you can make an argument for Tulane and Notre Dame and South Carolina and Texas. and You, you can make a case for all of these teams. So why not then just expand it to all the teams in the top 25? Why not? 
Well, you, you, you can, by the way. The other levels of college football do that in FCS Division Two and Division Three. I'm, I, you absolutely can. Why don't expand we just it. make every team that's bull eligible available to make it into the the national championship tournament? You're, Why not? You're, you sound like seventy five year old college you football guy, well. Tommy. Hey, you, look, I'm telling you that expansion is a good thing. I'm good with getting away from the four team system. I'm fine with it. But the difference it. in eight and twelve is irrelevant, other than you give. No, it's not. It, it you is. have clear, you have clear parameters in an eight-team setup on who gets in and who doesn't. And you can have the, the exact 12th, same parameters in, in a twelve-team. In the twelve, team. you start to make some arguments and some concessions to allow teams that maybe shouldn't be in there get in there. That's just that's my only point. What you do at twelve is if TCU loses the conference championship game this week, you make sure TCU's in, right? They don't. They're not going to fall further than twelve. They might fall further than eight if other teams do other things. Like, those those things exist, and it would be a damn shame if TCU lost this week and couldn't get into an eight-team format. That would be a problem, and that is a problem if things like that happen. 12's okay. I think it should go to 16. I, I, I would be fine if it went to 32. I don't wow. really care because at the end of the Turn day— mic off. Cut at it At the off. end of the day, this Cut is America— we're not talking okay, about soccer. You win the games to go. advance. And if you're Georgia and you're scared of Tulane, then you don't belong anyway. Let's just make the Get whole season. Get on the season. field and play it out. This Let's is America. Let's make the America. whole season the national championship tournament. Let's Thank cut you. out the regular season. We don't need it. Who cares? Let's play one big tournament and call it good. We're going to get Tommy off his rocking chair here, Mr. Don't water down the regular season by having the playoff system that we have literally in every other American sport. I don't need the fifth best team in the Big Ten in my national championship tournament. Well, good, because 12 teams, you're not going to get the fifth best. You might get the second best, though. You might get the second best, which Ohio State or Michigan, I think both would have a chance this year. 869-1240. Let us know what you think. The bottom line is we're all excited we're getting a playoff expansion. Anything's better than four. Uh, So that is the news of the day coming last night. We're going to talk some of our best bets of the weekend. Chelsea Messenger joins us. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. That's next on Sports Daily.
On the line is the host of the Daily Tip and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Chelsea Messenger. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all of the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Also, be sure to check out the Daily Tip podcast for more of Chelsea Messenger analysis. Just search BetMGM wherever you find your podcasts. All right, welcome in, everybody, and we welcome in Chelsea Messenger with BetMGM as we look ahead to a big weekend of football. Uh, you got conference championship games in college. We've got NFL uh, chugging right along through the regular season. I need uh, I need a refresher, Chelsea. My worst weekend of betting came last week. I, I'm I'm shook right now. Uh, so I need I need a little uh, I need a little help from you this week. How are you today? Yeah, I'm doing all right, and welcome to the club. If it took you this long to have a bad week of betting in the NFL, <laughs> you're doing pretty well because it's going to get you at some point or another. Not everybody is going to go the entire season without getting punched in the mouth. It, it happens to everybody. It's happened plenty, but this just happened to be the worst. Let's get to the NFL in a second because on Saturday, we've got one we're paying a whole lot of attention to around here, the Big 12 championship game. K-State right now, two-and-a-half-point dogs. Uh, to TCU down in uh, neutral, but certainly closer to TCU than it is K-State. What do you think about this game? We we kind of like K-State in it. I don't know about the betting line angle of it. So what are you seeing with this one? Yeah, this is a tough one to predict because doesn't TCU seem like one of those teams where eventually the clock is going to strike midnight? They've played in all these close games. and But we've been saying that all season long. And for that reason... They've been kind of undervalued in the sports betting market, and that's why they're 9-2-1 and one against the spread this year. So they've been a cash cow uh, for anybody betting on TCU. I know they didn't cover uh, in one of those games, but they won. It was a really tight spread in this one. So I think if you are betting this one, just take a money line play. If you do like TCU, maybe it's a close game. But uh, this is a tough one because I think this is the time of year where you want to look at metrics and numbers and have some kind of ammo to back up what you're saying. But a lot of it's the eye test. And so I think uh, that's why it's really tough for me. I think bottom line, TCU has been super undervalued this year, but eventually their luck's going to probably run out when it comes to those one score games. We saw it in the NFL with the Vikings. So maybe it's like TCU's like the Vikings of college football. I hope not for their case, because it would be a dagger to end their season like that. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm clearly torn on that one. Chelsea, let's look ahead to Thursday night football tonight. Buffalo Bills on the road taking on the Patriots. Bills are a three-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Uh, I feel like the, the Bills have um, they, they've clearly underperformed the last couple of weeks. Uh, that, that game on, on Thanksgiving, uh, they needed to have a game-winning field goal to, to pull that away. Your thoughts on this game. Can Buffalo get it right? Can they win by more than three and a half? What are your thoughts? You would think, but there's just this bias, I think, in everybody's brain about Josh Allen and the Steel Chiefs, how amazing they are. But they have been pretty me- mediocre against the spread. Uh, just, I think they're 5-5-1 five, five, and one against the number. Maybe it's 5-5. Five, five. I need to do the math. But bottom line, they have not been covering numbers we saw it last week especially when this number is over a field goal. This number opened at five and a half and was quickly bet down uh, to waffling between three and a half and four. Maybe it's back up to four by now, but there's also some factors going on with the bills. I know that the flu has broken out with the bills. Uh, I know one of you guys is dealing with the flu too, but it's that time of year. 
So maybe they're not 100% also Von Miller out. And if there's ever one person that means a lot to a defense, it's Von Miller. He's definitely on the, the same level as guys like uh, T.J. Watwin, really making up a big part of what makes them special on the defensive end. I think for me, I'm going to go to the props market. Josh Allen over his rushing prop of 42.5 rush yards for minus 120 over a bet on GM. We've seen him hit this number in four of his last five. And plus, he's dealing with an arm injury. So why would he not take off and run? And plus, the Patriots have really struggled against running quarterbacks. Gave up 107 yards to Lamar Jackson of the Ravens. Gave up 82 yards to Justin Fields. So I think Josh Allen can go over 42.5 pretty easily. So that is my favorite play on Thursday Night Football. It's Josh Allen to make some moves with his feet. Well, I'm glad you brought him up because BetMGM also does its first touchdown insurance. Uh, bet $25, you get it back in an insurance bet. That kind of leans me anyway, which I was already leaning to Josh Allen. All the things you just said, he's got plus 1,000 on that. That seems like a pretty strong play for that touchdown insurance bet tonight, yeah? Yeah, I like that one because then it would be more yards for my initial play anyway. So let's go all in on Josh Allen. All right, I'm in on that. What else this weekend in the NFL are you looking at? As I know, I know all the player props don't come out quite yet, but anything else Sunday that we need to be paying attention to? Yeah, I think I'll be on the Packers. We all know that Aaron Rodgers absolutely owns the Bears. That line is four right now. Uh, was three and a half just a short bit ago, maybe like 30 minutes ago. And I think we're still waiting on uh, who's actually playing quarterback for the Bears. But here's the thing, even if it's Justin Fields and not – uh, whoever they signed off the practice squad, maybe it was Tim Boyle or somebody. Uh, I think the Bears are heavily injured, and it's a tough matchup for them. Uh, Darnell Mooney is hurt, who is one of their best receivers, their best defender, even you know after they traded away their two best defensive players in Robert Quinn and uh, Raquan Smith. Eddie Jackson left uh, the game in the second quarter in last game. So this defense is decimated. So this is a good spot for Aaron Rodgers. We know it's a point of pride for him. And especially with all the talk this week of uh, him possibly taking a seat and letting Jordan Love take over, I don't believe it. I know he says he's fine with doing that, but I think Aaron Rodgers still has some pride. I'll be on the Packers as uh, my favorite play this week. Chelsea, of course, the game that we're paying close attention to this week. Uh, the Chiefs on the road in Cincinnati taking on the Bengals. It's the game of the week in the late afternoon. Uh, time window on Sunday. The Bengals uh, are couple of point dogs at home, uh, but the, it really seems like Cincinnati is doing a little bit of what they did last year where they got off to a slow start and they're starting to get things rolling a little bit there uh, in Cincinnati. And it looks like they're going to be more at full strength with Jamar Chase potentially returning. Your thoughts on this game? Seems like it's going to be a shootout. And I know that's a, a public play, but do like the over in this one. I think both quarterbacks put on an absolute clinic. Uh, and I think we see a lot of passing. Uh, we've seen it with both of these offenses, even when they don't necessarily need to. Uh, I'm remembering that game against the Titans in which Patrick Mahomes threw the ball like 50 times or something outrageous. Uh, but I think player props are going to be good in this one. I think any kind of touchdown scoring plays uh, are going to be a good prop to make, as well as there's a trend on running backs going over the receiving prop when playing against the Chiefs. The Chiefs give up the third most receptions to opposing running backs. I'm not sure why this trend is happening, but Joe Mixon happens to be a guy that's a pretty good pass catcher and a pretty good uh, piece in that offense to catch passes as well as run the ball. So a Joe Mixon prop in that one, as well as I'll be putting the Bengals in a teaser because they're getting two and a half. If you give them six points, that's up to eight and a half. I don't think the Chiefs blow them out. 
I think the Chiefs probably win, but I think that's the way to do it. So I'll put I'll put them with probably the Ravens. The Ravens are laying eight and a half against the Broncos. I don't have any faith in the Broncos, so tease them down to uh, two and a half, and I will tease the Bengals up to eight and a half, and that's how I'm playing that game. Uh, a variety of options there. Chelsea, are there any teams that are fooling us right now in what we perceive uh, in the betting markets? Like, is is the unpredictability right now in the NFL playing its way into the betting world where there's a team that's just continuously missing the number or just horrible against the number this year that we may not realize? Well, I don't think anybody's been fooled, but the Texans have just been as bad as they possibly can be. Like, they're barely covering numbers, even when they're getting uh, 13. But I think you look at some of the good teams in the NFL, and the Eagles and the the Bills are two of those. Uh, Looking at the Eagles, if it weren't for them covering by the hook against the Packers, they would have failed to cover the spread in three straight games. So this week against the Titans, they're laying five and a half. I think it's probably a solid play getting the five and a half with the Titans here, just because Philadelphia, they're a good team. But at this point in the season, I think they're just trying to win games. And we've seen it. Same goes for the Bills. Uh, I think these are good teams that the public just thinks, oh, they have a great offense. They're going to blow out guys. But it's not really the case. Like I said, uh, Buffalo just 5-5-1 five, five, and one against the spread. And uh, the Eagles half a point away from going 0-3 against the spread in their last three. All right, Chelsea. So another game that I'm keeping an eye on that I just – I think the line is really interesting in this one. The Dolphins getting four points on the road against the 49ers – Uh, We know how explosive that Dolphins offense can be. The 49ers seem to be a little bit banged up with Christian McCaffrey and and all of that. Are you surprised by this line? What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think you need to wait and see who's actually 100% for the Niners because there's some big names. Uh, Like you said, Christian McCaffrey. I think Debo Samuel's not 100%. So I think for the Niners, it's the defense that everybody's so impressed by that stat of four straight games with not allowing a single point in the second half. Not sure if that's going to be the case against the Dolphins. So uh, two polar opposite forces going against each other with this great offense. Uh, Tua and Tyreek Hill, which I'm not sure if anybody can cover uh, Tyreek Hill. So I think I would lean towards the points and the Dolphins because if they can break away for a few explosive plays and put some points on the board, that's the thing about the Niners. I don't think they're that explosive of an offense and they're not really a team that is built to play from behind they're a team that prides themselves on defense and jimmy garoppolo like he's a great game game manager but he is not a a big play explosive quarterback really that you want to uh play from behind with so i'd lean towards the points and the dolphins all right chelsea well we appreciate it uh people can check you out on the daily tip and odyssey sports betting insider Insider Calls presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines on the BetMGM app. Good luck with the bets this weekend, Chelsea. Good to have you back here uh, as we make our way toward the really fun time on the sports calendar. And, of course, betting here in Kansas just adding to that for a lot of us this year. For sure. Thanks for having me. There goes Chelsea Messenger. By the way, we mentioned that first touchdown score insurance. Football fans can turn a loss into a win with the king of sports books. Just place a single first touchdown score prop bet on any Monday or Thursday pro football game. If your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. The offer available all season long. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM, 
Just log into your account or download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown in any Monday or Thursday pro football game. And if your bet misses, you'll get up to $25 back in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Kansas only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. I'll have mine on Josh Allen tonight. Good to hear Chelsea on Josh Allen and to have a good game rushing as well. I'm going to take his rushing touchdown prop as the first at plus 1,000. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll hit uh, some other topics in the sports world. Plenty to get through throughout the day. Let's real quick recap what happened for K-State hoops last night, just in time to get Tim Fitzgerald, our K-State insider, in for the top of hour number two. Sports Daily, coming right back at you. Hey, everybody, just getting a, a notification here. Tommy, sad news in the baseball world. Gaylord Perry died at the age of 84. Uh, that news just coming out. Um, tough stuff there if you're a baseball fan. I think everybody was somewhat of a fan of Gaylord Perry, so that news just coming down. Uh, Tommy, K-State Hoops played last night. They had a true road game. Um, it was against Butler. I really liked K-State last night. I was wrong about that, by the way. Um, they, that, that was an interesting game and it's not, I don't want to take too much away from a loss, but they, they didn't shoot the three well and it really bit them. They made a couple of runs, but it was, it was, I I think a really nice spot to see how Jerome Tang can get these guys to react because to me, it looked like the threes weren't falling. They probably went to that well a little too much. They were just two of 12 in the first half but still came out two of eight in the second half. They probably had more opportunities to just, you know, take it to the hoop than they than they took advantage of. Keontae Johnson, for instance, right, was nine of nine from the field for 20 points. Uh, they, they were shooting well from the field, but not from three, and they kept going back to the well at three-point line. Probably a good teaching moment for Jerome Tang. Um an interesting game, though. I, I thought they were going to be able to go in and win that thing, and they didn't. And and while they made it close at times, Butler really controlled that game all the way through. Yeah, Johnson also added 12 rebounds, so he had a double-double in that he's game. He's fantastic. He, he's, I mean, he's the best player on the court, uh, which is that that's quite a find. Probably um, could end up being one of, if not the most impactful transfers in the portal in the entire country for Kansas State. Um, he's been an impact player so far and will continue to be. But the Wildcats didn't play well in the first half. They only scored 25 points, and uh, it took Desi Sills to kind of bring them back in the second half. He finished with 17 points, um, but he had 13 in the second half, scored nine straight during a 15-3 to run. Um, so he really helped get the Wildcats back into the game. But I really think, and I, I've mentioned this before, I'm interested to see what this team looks like when they can respond to adversity they're not they weren't going to go undefeated right we all knew that um we knew eventually this was going to end and how does jerome tang 
get this team to respond. So I think that the next, the upcoming games um, are going to be even more important because it's going to show what Jerome Tang can do to get the team to rally. Yeah, and and for him, you know, it's a great spot to teach this team something. Clearly, they're ahead of schedule. Clearly, he's ahead of schedule, right, in what he's doing. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, I, I think that this is a really nice thing to happen before you get into conference play. I'm not saying I don't wish K-State wouldn't have won the game. I thought K-State was going to win the game, and I would have really liked to see them win that game. Go on the road, tough environment, get a win, make a statement. I don't know. What I don't know is if it changes anything, Tommy, on expectation because, I mean, it was just yesterday going into that game we thought, man, K-State's going to have a chance to, you know, maybe not be in the top three of this league, but kind of right there in the middle of the pack. I don't know if this changes my thought on that. I don't I don't think it does. We have to give them a chance to respond. But I think we're going to need to see that response like yeah. immediately against Wichita State on Saturday. I was going to say, I think that makes this game on Saturday so much more intriguing for both teams. We saw Wichita State hang with Missouri. And I know I wasn't on the show yesterday. I'm sure you and Paul talked about the overtime yeah, loss did. that the Shockers had. Um, you know, they, they hung with Missouri for, you know, that entire game and, um, you know, just couldn't couldn't keep, you know, couldn't stop from turning the ball over. That was the biggest thing that kept the Shockers from winning that game. So that and, and the, the result that the Shockers had on Tuesday at home against Missouri and Kansas State against Butler uh, yesterday, I think it's going to it's going to cause for a really interesting game inside inside Bramlage on Saturday. It is. Um what did you think of the Shockers? Let's because you weren't here yesterday. I want to get your take. It was a game where they had such clear mistakes that they need to clean up, but despite them, they were right there in it. Twenty yep. turnovers, offensive rebounds allowed, uh, two very, very in-your-face things. But Paul and I both, despite that, sort of came out of that game with a little bit of optimism, which is, I, I still think that sounds weird to say, but I did. Did you get that same vibe? Like, it may, I, I'm a little more optimistic about their ability to hang uh, in the middle of the pack, maybe in the in the conference and in some of those things to see them make so many mistakes, but be right there in the end against Missouri. They shot the ball really well. They shot 54% from the field. Um, and that's been a, a huge issue that we talked about so many different times that the, the Shockers offense will just disappear at times and they can't make shots. They made shots. I mean, that wasn't an issue against Missouri. Now, some of that might have to do with, you know, Missouri's defense and all of that, but uh, Wichita State shot the ball pretty well. Now, uh, you mentioned the turnovers. That was an issue. The offensive rebounding, that was an issue. The free throws, that was a significant issue. Six of, uh, six of 14 from the charity stripe is not going to get it done. Um, so, yeah, there were definitely glaring issues. This is far from a perfect team. Um, but I, I was encouraged by the way they shot the basketball um, and by the way that they were able to hang um, offensively. Uh, I think that's going to um, that's going to allow this team to feel more confident moving forward in shooting the basketball. So, yeah, I mean, of course, you want to win uh, at home against an SEC opponent that comes in undefeated. Absolutely. Um, you took them to overtime. You lost by four. You showed a good amount of grit and guts. That's that's awesome. Now you got to clean those things up, like the turnovers and the offensive rebounding and the free throws. 
Yeah, it, it, it they still got to do it, though, right? They still got to do it. I think we're just seeing signs of some guys who are still coming into their own. I mean, it feels like, too, Tommy, with Wichita State, that there's still so many opportunities to be the guy, right, to be a scorer on this team. The shots are there. The points are there for somebody to go get. And I think we're seeing guys really step up to that challenge. And that's a good thing because when you have – and it's similar this way, too, with K-State. When you have so much new – right on a roster which is not just Wichita State and K-State but a lot of teams in college basketball right now it's going to take I don't know when we're going to feel good about what we think about teams but man I think it might not be until January honestly like until we get into conference play I don't know that we will have just a real solid grasp on these teams that have all the turnover heck KU which has uh, more coming back than those two teams we still kind of feel that way about KU, too. It just, you know, let's just sort of observe, I guess, and we can make those evaluations as we get to conference play. We'll talk about K-State hoops and football, of course, with our K-State insider, Tim Fitzgerald. That's coming up at the top of our number two as we roll on on a Thursday edition of Sports Daily. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.